Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to the next session of Coaching and Coffee with yours truly, your coach, Keith. Now, today, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about the sexiest topic that everyone loves to talk about, time management. Yes, we're going to make it sexy today. Now, I always find it interesting that even prior to the pandemic, everyone struggled with some sense of time management, whether it's life balance or they're working too hard or they're not being as productive as they can be. Well, today it's exponentially worse in our new hybrid world. And I always find it ironic when people say, Keith, I'm so busy. I don't have time to work on my time management. That doesn't really make sense. And the more I dug deeper and based on my book, Own Your Day, the more I realized it's not that people didn't want to work on their time management and self-balance and creating a better life for themselves and the people around them. It's that they don't know how. So today we are going to focus on about 10 or 11 critical time management strategies that are going to allow you to take back your day, protect your time, do more of the things that bring you joy and happiness, and create that thing called balance. And the funny thing is today is that, well, the definition of life balance has changed because balance equals perfect equilibrium, right? If we really define the two. But today, working from home, uh, there is no more distinction between work and life. There's just life. So the first question I want to pose to you is, are you working from home or are you living at work? See, if it's the latter, then we have a lot to talk about today. And uh, a couple of things that I want to just put out there before we dive in, uh, just to set expectations for the first 20 minutes or so, I'm going to be sharing with you some practical strategies to put in front of your line of vision that you've probably never tried before. And of course, many of us might think, oh, Keith, you know, I've tried developing a routine. I've tried managing my time. But, you know, I've that time blocking thing, I always seem to run out of time and it never really worked for me. And then, we, then they just give up. And then we wonder why we're living from a place of reaction rather than living from a place of intention. And the number one reason why time management fails is because we need to, to make a fundamental shift from time management to self-management and to life management. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Because the fact is, what people don't realize is that there are three pillars of time management. And this is why people fail at it or they struggle with it. Sure, there's the strategy of time management, but there's also the language of time management and the mindset of time management. Those are the three pillars that will allow you to achieve time management mastery. So if you imagine a stool with three legs, if one of those legs are missing, the stool will fall and crash. And that's why most people fail at trying to develop a routine. So before I start throwing you a couple of slides, and I certainly don't want to kill you with PowerPoint, I'd like to share a story with you to really, really help position what we're going to be doing today. I remember years ago, I was uh, invited to sit on a panel uh, in one of those Monday morning network events with 
I don't know, about a thousand business professionals and business owners in the audience. And I was invited to sit on this panel with, with two other uh, professionals. And the moderator, uh, Joe Connolly, who for some of you may know if you're from New York, uh, uh, he was moderating it. And as we went through the morning and uh, the Q&A was, was progressing, uh, one person raised their hand and, and asked me a question. And they said, Keith, you know, with all the things that people are doing today with how busy we are, is it really possible to take control of our day? Is it really possible to develop, you know, a routine that, that, that really gives us more pleasure and, and joy? And how do you do that? Well, as a coach, of course, I had to respond with the question. And my question that I posed to the entire audience was very simple. How many of you have heard the expression, time is money? Okay. Most every hand went up. And then I asked the audience, how many of you treat your time like you treat your money? In other words, for those of you that, you know, take care of your money, right? Um, and time is money. What do we do with our money? We invest it. We have a money manager. We keep it in a portfolio. We, in a bank, we manage it ourselves, um, keep it under our bed. In some way, shape, or form, I ask the audience, does everyone here manage their money in some way? Everyone's hand went up. And then I asked the question, how many of you manage your money the way you manage your time. In other words, what's your bank of time? Where do you invest your time? And how do you protect it? Said a different way, I asked the audience, how many of you right now have a routine that from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you end your day, you have every specific activity that you need to engage in mapped out consistently throughout your week that will allow you to achieve your goals while keeping your life in balance, health, and harmony. Not one hand went up. You're not alone. So what I'd like to do now, oh, and by the way, before I forget, please make sure you hang out until the end of our session today because I have a great bonus gift I want to give everyone. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share my slides now, and we're going to do about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so of setting up best practices. And, and uh, by the way, don't worry about taking notes. I am going to be sharing this slide deck with you when we are done. So let's go ahead and get started. I don't suppose anyone ever here has these thought or, or said the expression, I don't have time or I don't have time to do that, or I wish I had more time. I don't suppose anyone out there has ever thought that or said that. Is my sarcasm translating? Good. As a matter of fact, I did some research here. Do you know that the expression, I don't have time, is one of the most common expressions and phrases people use globally? Clearly, this is a global challenge, a global conundrum. So, I want to go ahead here and start off by sharing you some rock solid action steps that you can take today that will immediately make an impact on your time and your quality of life. And it all starts with the first tip, which is what is your time worth? What is the value you put on your time on every hour? Okay. Now, 
before you start doing the math and say, okay, Keith, I make X amount of money every year and I work X amount of hours per day. That's not what I'm asking you here. Don't take it from a literal perspective. Take it from what you feel your time is worth. Is it worth $100 an hour? $1,000 an hour? $500 an hour? Okay. You need to first start with putting a value on your time because it's going to be very, very difficult then to map out your goals, delegate, and develop a routine. Okay. So think about what your time is worth. Let's say you put a value of your time, at, I'm making this up, $500 an hour. Now, if I'm using that as a gauge, um, I can go out and cut my lawn, okay? Or I can hire someone and pay them a lot less money to do it. Well, clearly, if I look at the investment and the opportunity cost, it makes sense for me to delegate that task. Now, of course, if you enjoy gardening like I do and you're outside, that's a whole different story. But use this as a gauge to help add the value that you might not be focusing on, on how much your time is really worth. Let's keep going. Number two. Okay. You got some field work to do here, everyone. I want you to track your day. I'm going to send you a tracking form. Everyone's going to have this. I want you to track your day. Now, if your Mondays look similar to your Tuesdays, or similar to your Wednesdays, track one day or so. If they look different, I would suggest tracking at least two days. Now, I'm talking about from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you end your day. And if you've never done it before, or if you have done it before, I implore you to do it now. Because again, <laughs> our lives have changed from pre-pandemic to where we are now. Our priorities have changed. Our core values have changed. So what I'd like for you to do is map out over everything you do. And what you're going to find is several things. Number one, there were things you shouldn't be doing. Number two, there were things that are taking longer than you think. Number three, you don't have as much time as you think you do in your day. And I'm sure there are a few other lessons that will be floating around for each of you. Let's now move into our third strategy and more so let's get deeper in what I just shared with you for a second. Your calendar is lying to you. When I coach people on time management, just like if there are managers out there watching this, this is a big miss. Managers don't coach their people on time management because they're struggling with the same thing. This is an opportunity for those managers out there to take what you're learning and coach your people on doing the same. Because you can be the greatest salesperson, you can be the greatest manager, you can be the greatest employee, but if you haven't mastered your day, it's going to rob you of the quality of your life. And that starts with me saying to you, your calendar is lying to you. When I ask a client that to, to send me a snapshot of, of what their week looks like, this is what I often see, okay? Now, of course, maybe there are a couple of meetings spread throughout the day, but for the most part, all I do is see meetings or appointments. And I would say to my, my client, wow, you have so much free time on your hands. And they would say, Keith, what are you talking about? I'm booked. And I said, well, what are you booked with? 
And they would say, well, Keith, I have my kids to get out of school in the morning. I have my morning routine. Then I got to get to work. I have to check my emails. I have to see what fires that I have to put out. Um, I have admin work. Of course, I have my core responsibilities at my job I have to do on top of all my personal responsibilities at home. And my next question is very simple. Then why don't you have it in your calendar? You'll see shortly one of the tips that I'll be sharing with you today is very simple. If you don't have the appointment, you don't have the commitment. And if it takes up time, it needs to be scheduled on your calendar. Okay. So now this is an example of a calendar. I know some of your eyes might be bugging out and saying, Keith, there is no way I am creating a calendar like this. Okay. That's fine. You can create it any way you'd like, as long as you're being realistic with what you're doing, how you're doing it, how much time each activity takes, and the activities that you're putting in your day. So that means it takes time to get the kids ready for school. It takes time for your morning routine. It takes time for admin, emails, fires, coaching, supporting your customers, prospecting, Okay, uh, self-care, uh, taking care of family. If this isn't your calendar, especially when it comes to your own personal commitments like self-care, it's the first thing that gets thrown out the window. I've lost count how many times I've been coaching people over the last several years and their biggest challenge they share with me is, Keith, I haven't taken care of myself in the last few years. I used to exercise religiously. And my first question is very simple. Is it in your calendar? Is it scheduled? And the answer is inevitably no. Again, if we don't have it in our calendar, especially our personal commitments, they're the first things that we throw out the window. And let me be clear, self-care is non-negotiable because you can't take care of anyone else unless you're taking care of yourself first. Now, please, please, if you don't like this program so far and you're ready to leave, don't leave until you hear time mastery moment number three, because this is the number one root cause of time and self-management failure. And the failure is that we don't plan for the unplanned. Now, what does that even mean? Well, Let's say I'm going to share with you a phrase that I've created. It's called an externality. And an externality defined is any external force that shows up in your life that unless you were clairvoyant, could see into the future or had a crystal ball, you couldn't see it coming. So, for example, it could be a burning fire that you need to put out. It could be someone that has a challenge and you need to put, support them immediately. It could be as you're driving, you get a flat tire. It could be that a meeting is running over. It could be that you have an emergency with one of your employees or customers that you need to handle immediately. These are the things that you're not seeing because you can't plan for it. You don't know when they're going to show up. But can you plan for it? So let's look at a mathematical equation for a second. If an externality is something that flies under your radar and you can't see it unless you had a crystal ball, 
These externalities are what throws off your day. So I want you to consider something. And this is now, let's start doing a little bit of a mathematical equation here. Let's say you work a 10 hour day. And let's say three hours of your day consists of externalities. Again, things you can't see coming, but you have to deal with them. Let's do the math. You have a 10 hour workday. You have three hours of externalities. How much time do you really have to schedule throughout your day? Seven. What most people do is schedule the 10 and then end their day wondering why they didn't get everything done. And it's a license to beat themselves up and make themselves wrong. Okay. So you can say to me, Keith, I really, really need my 10 hours. Okay, fine. Well, you need more time, then become more efficient, delegate more, remove certain activities that don't support you, wake up earlier or work later. That's it. Quite frankly, I'd like for you to maintain the quality of life, stop working so you can keep that balance with your, with, with your family and, and what brings you joy and not even look at your phone on the weekends. Okay. So remember now you have a choice. You can schedule 10 hours of activities and be disappointed because you didn't achieve them at the end of the day, or you can be real, real, realistic with your time and say, you know what? Whether I like it or not, these externalities are going to happen. So let me plan for them. And at the end of the day, you'll pat yourself on the back because you achieved everything you wanted. So remember, distractions are simply events that you didn't plan for. So plan for them. All right. We've talked about time mastery moment number four. If it takes up time, you treat it as an appointment. Enough said, let's keep going. Time mastery moment number five, and it really does bleed directly into what we talked about around creating these buffer times of externalities because people will ask me, Keith, wait a second, where do I put these buffers? I mean, if I have, let's say two hours of things that I'm averaging take away from my day that I couldn't plan for, where do I put them? Well, you can put them anywhere you want. So I want you to imagine for a second um, a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, and I rip it up in four sections. Wherever I put those four sections, it's going to look like the same piece of paper because all the puzzle sizes are the same. I want you to imagine that that's your routine. So you could plan your day and put buffer time, let's say at three o'clock. But let's say a fire shows up at 9 a.m. when you were scheduled to check some of your email. Well, what do you do? Now you've already planned for that buffer time. You're just moving that buffer time up, taking care of it. You're living with intention, and then you could move throughout your day. In other words, people think a routine is rigid. It's actually not. It's counterintuitive. It actually gives you more flexibility throughout your day because you're focused on the things that you need to do to move you, your life, your business forward. Okay, so basically, while the timing of the activities in your routine may change, the foundation does not. Because even if you move those time blocks at the end of the day, it still totals up to the amount of time you're putting into your day. Okay, let's keep going. Time mastery moment number five how to manage the daily interruptions. This is something that people struggle with because they typically fall into two camps. Number one, someone comes to them and they say, hey, 
I need your help. And what do we do? We drop everything. Sure, happy to help you. That, my friends, is being a yesaholic. Saying yes first without thinking whether or not you can deliver the impact on the person and the impact on you. Okay, so we are now moving into another pillar of time management, the language of time management. The other side of the camp is managers um, feel guilty, but they'll just run around saying no, or people just run around saying, no, I can't help you. I can't help you. I don't think that's what we all want. We truly do want to help people, especially when they ask for it, but we don't want it to come at a personal sacrifice. So then when people approach us and are looking for our help, what is the language that we can use to make them feel good? while protecting our time. Here it is, the language of time management. Someone approaches you looking for help. Here's your response. Hey, I appreciate you coming to me for help. I'm, I'm completing this proposal right now for GDC, which I must send to the customer within the next hour. I wanna be as supportive and responsive as I can to your request to ensure that whatever you need we give it the time and the attention it deserves so that we can successfully work through it together. Now, while I know it's important to you that we handle this now, is this something that demands immediate attention that must be handled right away? Or can it wait until I complete this for GDC when I can focus all of my time and my attention on you? Now, if I share that with you, how would you feel? Number one, validated. Number two, you're 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 hearing that. Wait a second. I don't, I don't want to cut you off. You're what 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 you have is valuable to me. I don't want to do it a disservice and rush through it. I want to give it the time and the attention it deserves. Who wouldn't want that? And finally, especially with our dear dear clients, have you ever met a client that doesn't want something done yesterday? Okay. This is another way to protect your time. And I'm even going to give you another way how you can say no in a way that is positive. But here is a way to protect your time, um, manage the, the, the expected interruption because you know they're coming in a way that will also make the other person feel empowered. Now, here's the added bonus. Check this out. So this person says, great. Okay. Um, yeah, this could wait because most of the time it, they can, including your clients. Okay. You don't have to say yes to them all the time. You can actually say, Hey, can I check my calendar and get back to you? We'll get to that part in a second. So notice here what happens. What's going to happen from the time that buffer time where you say, Hey, let me handle this. And then we'll talk later. Oh my gosh. They handle the issue themselves. There's another advantage of time management and how you're going to get your time back. So here's moving to number six. And as I mentioned it before, are you a pro at saying no? On a scale of one to 10, where 10 means you're a yesaholic. And whenever someone asks for something, your visceral reaction is yes, okay? And one means you're not, where do you fall? Okay, I have yet to meet anyone that tells me they're really, really good at saying no. Or I hear Keith, I might be better at saying no at work and not as good at home or vice versa. 
Regardless, let me be clear. No is not a dirty word. Okay. So here's a strategy again to protect your time without saying no and giving you a buffer to assess whether you want to do it, whether you can do it, and whether you can deliver on that person's deadlines. So very simple. Someone asks, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, listen, you know what? Let me check my calendar. I'll get right back to you. I don't think that's an unreasonable request. As a matter of fact, I'd respect that person more because that they're showing me that they want to make sure they have the time to help me. Now, during this space you have, I want you to ask yourself these questions, okay? Is this something I must do? In other words, personal or professional responsibilities. Is this something I really, really, really want to be doing, okay? Well, number three, am I clear with and can I meet this person's expectations? Number four, do I really have time for this or will something else be sacrificed? Number five, when would I have time to schedule this? And number six, when can I ensure that I get this done in the absolute worst case scenario? Now you can go back to that person with the realistic commitment that's not going to come at a cost to you. Now, some of you might look at time mastery moment number seven now and say, well, wait a second, Keith, whoa, whoa, whoa. you want me to eliminate my to-do list? Okay. Don't disconnect yet. Let me explain. What I want for you is not necessarily to eliminate your to-do list, but have only a few things on your to-do list. Because here's what I find. When I ask people to send me their to-do list, this is what I see. You know, um, call customer, finish proposal, set up meeting, uh, go to the gym, uh, pick up kids at school. Uh, uh, what else? Change the light bulb, uh, bring the car in to get service. All right. Now, let's go. Let's take these few things that I mentioned. What's the difference between a to-do and a routine? A to-do is a one-off. A to-do is I'm driving and I get a flat tire. Didn't see that happen. Certainly not something that happens every day. I got to get it fixed. It's a to-do. Okay. Um, God forbid someone gets sick in your family. You can't go to work. Okay. You didn't see it coming. It's not like they're being sick every day. Hopefully you're staying home. That You got to take care of that person. What's another to do? Real simple. I'm sitting in my office. Oh, look, one of my, my lights blew in my office. That's a to-do. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's a one-off. That's what belongs on my to-do list. Things that do not happen in any recurring process whatsoever. So if you look at your to-do list, what are the things that are recurring? Well, emails are recurring. Proposals might be recurring for you. Prospecting might be recurring. Self-care, I truly hope, is recurring. Time with friends and family and loved ones, I hope, is recurring. Okay? Changing a light bulb is not recurring. We don't know when that's going to happen. Okay? But here's an interesting thing. Recurring doesn't mean every day or every week or every month. It could also be recurring every year. As in, do you have a recurring appointment every year for your physical to go to a doctor? Okay? I do. 
You know what else I have? It might sound silly. I have a recurring appointment twice a year to call John, my gutter guy, to clean out my gutters. Why? Because I don't want to keep it in my head. I'd rather have it as a routine in my calendar. So here is a way to eliminate your to-do list and only make what's on your to-do list a task, not a routine. Now, as I touched on this earlier, I shared with you the three pillars of time management. And we have a few minutes left before I open the floor to some questions. And I certainly hope that you're prepared to, to ask some questions uh, right after I go through the next few tips here. Um, the next tip is about creating a healthy, balanced, and productive remote workspace. And this is something that people truly, truly struggle with. And I find it interesting that when employees come to me and they're struggling, managers coming to me and they're struggling and their managers are coming to me and they're struggling. In other words, everyone is going through something. Everyone is struggling with how to master life balance and self-management in our new world. And we've talked about the inner game. We've talked about strategy. And now we're going to move into actually another conversation that we need to have and hear me with ourselves, with our loved ones, our significant others, with our coworkers, with our clients, and non-negotiable with our employees and our team. Because great companies recognize the need to train managers on new critical conversations with their team and customers that connect people in a deeper, personal, and more meaningful way. Now, I find it fascinating, and, and I see this. You know, there you are, you're on a conference call. Maybe you're, you're the manager, and you're having a one-on-one -on -one with one of your directs, and, you know, I'm, I'm feel very blessed. This is my office. Welcome to my home. This is my happy place. Uh, we've never had the level of exposure into people's lives that we've had today. So there's the manager, and you're having a conference call, and you see the person, you know, they, they don't have an office. You know, many people are working in their kitchen or a spare room or even in their bedroom. And there you see one of your one of your employees sitting at the kitchen table. And it looks like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're still wearing the, you know, the same shirt that they've worn for the last, I don't know, week. And they look exhausted. And there are dogs and cats running around all over the place. And kids are crying. And it's chaos all over, pounds of paper. As a leader or even as a coworker, are you going to tell me you're going to look at that person and say, hey, great call. I'll talk to you next week. Managers would come to me and say, Keith, I just don't know how to handle that conversation, number one. And even if I did, is it even HR compliant? My friends, the rules have changed, okay? We need to have these deeper conversations. So the conversations that you thought you, you couldn't have that are so personal before the pandemic, they are absolutely not only appropriate, but essential to reconnect people to the company, to themselves, and to their responsibilities. You know, one of the things that we're struggling with, and I hear it, is loneliness. You know, as a remote employee, a productive, well-structured routine is essential for maintaining your personal, professional, and mental health, motivation, 
relationships and happiness. Now, here's the thing. If you don't know how to do it, this actually becomes a great coaching moment for you to coach others, including yourself. And here's what it can sound like. This is an enrollment statement. For those of you who may have missed my last coaching and coffee with Keech, Keith, can't even say my name right, tune in to the last tape session because I talk all about enrollment, setting positive intent, because if you don't, when intentions aren't clear, people default to fear. So how do you position a conversation like this, a deeper, more meaningful conversation, so people understand your positive intent? Well, I'm going to give this to you now. And again, you're going to have this as a template. You know, what I want for you is to, to maintain um, the, the quality of your life, um, be productive while still honoring the priorities in your life without the sacrifice. And with the extreme change around how we live and work, it's easy to feel isolated and uncertain about the future. I know I've been struggling in certain areas around life balance and time management. Let's put a pause on that. Sideline. Why would I say that? The law of reciprocity. Okay. You want people to be open, honest, transparent, and coachable. It starts with you. Okay. This demonstrates your humanity, your vulnerability in a positive way, and your transparency. To continue, that's why I wanted to discuss how I can best support you in this new environment so you are feeling productive and connected to the team, the company, yourself, your career, your goals, while maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And I'd love to hear how you're managing all the changes as well. Are you open to having this conversation? And here are the questions. And I'm not going to go through every single one because you're going to have these, but just to highlight a few of them. When was the last time you were asked or you asked yourself or you asked someone else, hey, um, walk me through how you're currently managing your day. Can you send me a screenshot of what your weekly routine looks like? Or number five, how do you set boundaries and expectations with your family when you're working at home to ensure your productive and not distracted. Number six, what's your daily self-care regimen? That doesn't mean having to go to the gym or exercise. Of course, I hope you're certainly doing that, but that's about taking care of you, taking care of yourself, whether it's prayer, reading a book, taking the dogs out for a walk, you know, playing a game on the computer, speaking to a friend or a family member. That's you. That's your time. That's what enhances your life. Okay, so what do you do to ensure that's baked into your routine? Now, how about number seven? Number seven, the billion-dollar question. How are you turning off work at the end of the day so you can joy and be present with your family, your loved ones, and yourself? Being present, especially today, is something that challenges everyone, especially when we all have a target on our back and we keep focusing on what we need to do next. We miss sight of what we need to do now. And the last time I checked, life happens in the moment. So here we go. We're about to start wrapping up, everyone. Time mastery moment number nine. I want you to develop and schedule your morning or daily ritual. Now, I have a daily ritual. I'm going to share what mine is in about two minutes. 
real quickly. Um, the first thing I do when I open my eyes uh, is I say, thank you, God. And it doesn't matter what God you pray to. Okay. Thank you, God, for, for my health. Thank you, God, for a bed to sleep in. Thank you, God, for my beautiful, healthy wife. Thank you, God, for legs to walk. Thank you, God, for a home to live in. Thank you, God, for my three beautiful, healthy children. I take five minutes. I do that every morning. And, and I don't take credit for this. My, my dear friend who is a cancer survivor taught me that. And it puts everything in perspective because the last thing I want anyone to tell me is, oh, Keith, you know, you never realize how precious things are until they're taken away from you. So once I do my gratitude, I come into my office just like this, and I'll sit in my chair just like this. And you can call it meditation. You can call it whatever you want. Call it deep breathing, okay? I sit in my chair, I close my eyes, and I breathe in. 20, 30, 40 breaths takes about 8 to 10 minutes. That centers me, gets me focused and present for my day on my terms. And if you ever feel off, that's because you probably didn't do your self-care regimen in the morning. Now, since we're talking about feeling off, I have something important to share with you before I have a senior moment and forget. I want each of you to develop your personal vision, okay? Because without a personal vision, how do you know when you get to your ideal life? Or how do you know if you're living your ideal life? And uh, just to keep it simple, imagine I give you a canvas and I give you a palette with all the colors that you need. What would your ideal life look like? Paint it. Now, you could paint it. You could write it out. Okay. But what would it look like in every area of your life? Family, relationships, finance, self-care, adventure, travel, joy. Pick a topic anything, where you live, your career, okay? What is your ideal vision of your life? Now, keep in mind, this isn't always based in the future because if you have an ideal relationship with the people in your life, it's still part of your vision. It's just so that it's happening today. So that's your vision. I want to share with you now your values. What is a value? And by the way, when I ask people what a vision or value is, most of the time they have no idea. A value is who you are when you're fully self-expressed as a human being. So if you ask me, Keith, what are my core values? Um, well, let's see. It's my three children. It's my wife. Uh, and it's making an impact, which is hopefully what I'm doing with you today. Um, but I have more core values. Adventure, love, extreme self-care, travel, as you can guess, music, collaboration, okay, um, philanthropy. These are the things that make my life feel whole and complete. And I know that when I'm honoring those, I am in my integrity. Well, that's interesting. Keith, I thought integrity means honesty or, you know, doing the right thing when people aren't watching. Well, that could be your definition of integrity, but I want to share with you a different one. Integrity is what you do that makes you feel whole and feel complete. Okay, so you ever just have a day and you just kind of feel off? Well, let's put different language to that. 
I'm going to suggest you're out of integrity. Now, that doesn't mean you're not being honest. It means you're not honoring one or more of your non-negotiable core values. So let me give you an example. If you're traveling all week long, and one of your core values is to spend time with your family, even though you're taking care of your business responsibilities, you may feel off because you're not spending that time with your family. Okay. For me personally, where one of my core values, several religion, culture, people, uh, connection, uh, you know, with travel, this is what I get. It feeds my soul, music. I was deprived of that for two years. And I used my integrity model to figure out where I felt off. And I realized it was, I wasn't being fulfilled. I wasn't getting that, that cultural fulfillment that I get when I've traveled to 76 countries and six continents and connecting with people all over, all over the world and experiencing their culture. That's, that was where I felt out of integrity. But if I didn't have my core values, I could never have done that integrity check. And that's what I want for you to have now. When you have your vision and you have your values clear and one day, every day you feel off, go to your core values and see which ones you're honoring, see which ones you're not and see what you need to do to get back into your integrity. I think we're down to uh, one or two more slides and uh, I'm going to open up the floor to any other questions uh, if I haven't answered them all for you already. Here we go. It's about putting it all together. Okay, I want you now with, well, not right this second, but when I send you this document and I send you the blank template, I want you to create the first draft of your routine, okay? And feel free to send it to me. I'd happily take a look at it, okay? Uh, and before I forget, let me give you my personal information here. Uh, my personal email is keithr at keithrosen.com. My mobile number is 516-231-2774. Uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn so I can support you there and you can, you can ping me there if you have any questions. And of course, follow me on Twitter because I'm adding new content there uh, every day. And the reason why I'm giving you my personal information is because like I said, one of my core values is making an impact and that's non-negotiable. Whether you like it or not, I'm your coach for life. So let's now move into the last time mastery moment. Time to take your routine out for a test drive, everyone. It's time. So take it out. See what you can do. And you might call me in and say, Keith, it was a failure. I failed at it. And I'll ask you, well, what do you mean you failed at honoring your routine? And you might say, Keith, I was only able to honor my routine for 5%. Just 5%. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to say congratulations because that's 5% more efficient and effective and more balance and harmony that you've put into your life than the week before. And then it's 10%. And then it's 15 and 20 and 30 and 50. And by the time you get to about 80% with the bell curve, that's 100%. There's no such thing as a perfect routine. So for all my perfectionist friends out there, do not try to create a perfect routine because life will get in the way. So if you're at 70 to 80 percent, 
You're doing absolutely fantastic, and you have clearly seen an impact on the quality of your life. Keeping in mind, your routine will evolve as your life evolves and as your priorities change, just like our priorities have changed over the last two years. So just keep in mind, number one, there's no such thing as a perfect routine. Number two, if you're traveling a lot, you might say, Keith, well, how am I going to honor my routine when I'm traveling? You're not. I have two routines. I have the routine when I'm home in the office and I have a separate travel routine, which, which is what I would suggest you create so you don't feel bad and make yourself wrong for not honoring the routine that you have at home. So give it a test drive. Let me know how it works. I'm always here to support you uh, and give you the coaching that you need. So at this point, um, it looks like some of the questions have come in. Uh, I don't see any other questions uh, at this point coming in. So, uh, and I know we're, we're right at time. So I guess we've done a really good job covering time management, giving you the tools and the resources that you need to start creating your ideal life. Now, I know this is sounding more like a presentation. Um, I hope you're walking away with some rock solid tools that you can implement immediately. Uh, on the next session of Coaching and Coffee with Keith, I'm going to be taking the last several uh, sessions that I've done and it'll just be a total open Q&A. Okay, no PowerPoint, just me and you come prepared with your questions around anything. And I'm here to coach you through that so you can create the life that you want most. So just a little housekeeping. Remember, if you need me, reach out to me. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I've given you my contact information. Finally, I have a bonus for every single person who's watching this session. Everyone on the session is going to get a free coupon for my time and life mastery course. And I will make sure I pop that in my next post, which will be tomorrow. So you could ping me on the side and say, hey, Keith, can you send me the link? But it's going to be in my post tomorrow, I promise you. And that's about a $200 savings right there. Again, my commitment to you and to your success. There's no reason for any of us to suffer anymore. There's no reason for you to be checking your emails at seven and eight o'clock at night or on the weekends. You've let that happen. And if you've allowed that to happen, guess what? You can create the new rules of the game because we have a very unique opportunity now to redesign our life and protect our time the way we want. So before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your time. I hope that this actually ignited the fire to actually want to work on your time and see that it's actually possible to create the life you want today. So remember, connect with me on LinkedIn. You have my mobile number, 516-231-2774. Email KeithR at KeithRosen.com. I'm here for you to support you. You do not have to do this alone. So until our next time, I wish you extreme success. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Here's Keith signing off. Bye-bye.